You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The Province Sports Podcast. Welcome to White Towel Podcast. Patrick Johnson here hosting. Uh, of course, folks, as always, you can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts and various other places. So rate and review us right off the top. That'd be great. Uh, this week, it is Thursday, February 7th. And I've got Ben Burnell from the Utica Observer Dispatch. And we're going to talk some comments. Ben, how are you? Good, Patrick. How about yourself? Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good, man. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, always fun to, Always fun to catch up with uh, you know our favorite non-Vancouver reporter. I know you uh, <laughs> have lots of followers from around here and it must be kind of fun uh, just, you know, from your perspective to get, a, a, I guess, a taste of uh, of the big leagues, even if you're in, a, 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 you know, a cute, small little place like Utica. Yeah, definitely. It's it's kind of a little bit different. Like you, you get, uh, you see some of the followers that you get on, on Twitter and you're like, oh, okay, that person's from Vancouver. And, you know, it's, it's not... It, totally expected sometimes um so it's a little bit i don't want to say jarring but it's it's different to see that and then you know you get the the follower from utica and you're like okay that makes sense too so uh yeah it's, it's a little bit different um let, let's talk about the comments here you know obviously they've they've had a pretty good season despite the fact that uh, once again they're churning through the roster and obviously uh, adam Gaudet, for instance was expected to be a key player for much of the season and ended up spending most of the season up here um, you know, Thatcher Demko's up here now. There, of course, is the, we'll we'll get to the goaltending story, I think. But uh, how would you say things look in Comets land as we speak in early uh, early February? Well, I think they're navigating fairly well through all the challenges that they've kind of had. I mean, they they you know they lost. You could say they're they're three top defensemen uh, for long stretches. I mean, Oli Levy's out, you know, for the season now and. Jalen Chatfield just came back, and it sounds like, and it seems like Ashton Sautner uh, will be back in the lineup this weekend after being out for nearly two months after after that scary hit he took. Um, you know, so they, they've got that, and then you know you you lose Thatcher Demko too, uh, but uh, Ivan Kublikov has has kind of stepped up here in, in this kind of second stint with the team and is doing well and then you know he's backed up by Michael Layton so there's there's that too and I, I mean I think the forwards are are finding their way I mean even the, the rookies are getting help from from the more veteran guys and you know it's uh I think they would like to be maybe a little bit more consistent uh on a nightly basis but I I think they're finding their way uh through everything and and I mean right now as they sit 
uh, going into Friday, they're in fourth place, which is the final playoff spot in the North. And I mean, I think that's all you can you kind of ask for um, with kind of the roster fluctuation that they've had. Um, you know, I mean, we look at, you know, some of the veteran names and there's guys that obviously we've seen in Vancouver before. I think about Cons, I think about Boucher, I think about Caro. Uh, you know, those guys, I think we know what they are. It's it's the sort of younger players. Obviously, like I said, I, we've seen Gaudet. He's got 11 points in 11 games. Um, and, you know, there's lots to talk about when we talk about some of the other younger players, Lucas Jasek, for instance, or... Or you know, going down the list, Lind or or Breeze or um, well, yeah, Breeze is up here right now, obviously, or or Gadjevic. But if, if we if we focus in first of all, I mean, and Zach McEwen, we'll talk about too. But if we focus in first of all on Goddat, you know, we saw we got a good dose of what he was about. He really, you know, he he kind of played things quiet, kept kept things pretty simple in his first, I would say, you know, twenty some games up in the NHL, and then. You know, as things kind of progressed into December and it looked like he was going to stay here through, you know, at least Christmas, you know, we, we saw him develop, I think, a bit more of a kind of, uh, a, you know, offensive edge. I think he was feeling more confident with the puck. Obviously, going down to the AHL is a is a different uh, animal for him because he's going in, he's going to get to play a bigger role. What have, what have you seen from Gaudet? Uh, you know, in the sort of, like I said, 11-game stint that he's been down there. what Have you seen, a, what kind of player have you seen, I guess is the best way to put it. I think the big thing that stands out with Adam, how much offensive skill he has. Like, it's so evident. He's just so skilled, and he's got that offensive talent that, you know, it, it's just, it's there all the time. And I think he's down here, and I think I think he's working on his game, and and maybe rounding out uh, the other parts that, you know, maybe need some work. And I, I think he's he's taking it seriously and, you know, the maybe defensive side and, and the work away from the puck a little bit. But, I mean, uh, like I said, he's got a lot of offensive talent, and I think that's the thing that stands out the most with him. What what in particular, like creativity, you know, nose for the net, is, is there something that, that's really kind of impressed you more than anything? I think it's like the moves that he'll make to like find time and space. Like he'll get the puck and then he'll come out from, you know, the side or something and make a little move that kind of, you know, deeks off a defender or something. And, and there's all of a sudden this space and then he's got just a quick release that he gets it off and it, and you're like, wow, how did that, you know, how did he find, you know, the, the time to do that? And um, it's, that's, I think for a rookie, you know, in the AHL, when things are moving, you know, so quickly, it's it's impressive to see. I mean, this is a kid who you know won the Hobie Baker, and you know has already spent time in the NHL, like you said. Um, and and to kind of see him do that, to kind of step in and, and see how he does, he, he seems to be doing well uh, offensively. I think is is very good for him and for the team. It seems like you know almost he's had in many ways, probably the sort of most ideal transition to professional hockey. He's obviously been pushed to the max by being in the NHL, having to see what the speed of the game is, how strong his opponents are, how quick things happen, you know, how quick, he, how, how, how short amount of time you actually have the puck on your stick to make things happen. So then to actually go back to a, you know, a lower level and then learn how to refine the things that he already could do, uh, it, it it strikes me as perhaps, like I said, most ideal way to do it. Do you think he's he's sort of relishing the fact that he knows how much faster the game can be and he's getting a chance to almost bring that to a level that 
you know, he might not have been able to if he had to start the year here or there, I should say. Yeah, I, I certainly think he's taking up the opportunities that, that he's getting. And I mean, uh, I, I think he's relishing the time that he's got here um, to, to work on things. Uh, you know, he's getting power play time, um, playing, you know, a, a top six role. I mean, when Kenner Kiro got called up, he, you know, moved into the, what I would say is probably the top line and, until Tanner came back. So, I mean, I, I certainly think he's, uh, you know, one of those guys that, you know, there's no space for him right now with, with the Canucks, but I, I certainly think he's a guy that could easily, you know, step in if they need him again. And uh, and I think that's, you know, that's only going to be great for him, you know, going forward um, as he continues uh, to develop his game. One of the, the tricks we're always told as journalists when you're trying to figure out what the story is, they say always tell it to the guy at the end of the bar. Um, when you try to explain Zach McEwen's rise as a in up the Canucks prospects list, you know how do you how do you tell his story to the guy at the end of the bar? That's one of those things too where he has taken advantage of every opportunity that he's been given, and he works hard. Um, it, it seems like every day he's, you know, continuing to work. And, and I mean, he's power play time and a little bit of penalty kill time. And uh, I, I certainly think he, you know, like I said, taken, taken advantage of the opportunities that he's got. And it's impressive to see because, you know, even in games, there'll be a, a play where he's back checking and he'll come from a, a spot that you, you know, maybe couldn't imagine. And then he's, he's there and you're like, okay, wow. Well, you know, that was a nice play there. So um, it's he, he's one of those guys that has put himself in conversation for a call-up. And, I mean, it, it's a matter of getting a spot uh, open up in Vancouver, right? So uh, I, I think it's only a matter of time for Zach. Um, and, you know, if he continues to work hard, he'll get there. How much do you think the fact that he was such a late bloomer physically, I think, I, you know, I think it was something like five foot eight when he was 17, and now he's, what, 6'4", how much do you think that has been his story that obviously he had the physical maturity and, you know, he didn't play in the queue until he was 18 uh, and then played two years of major junior and now finds himself in the AHL the last two years. How much do you think the sort of, um, you know, his physical progress uh, is, is a story of a guy essentially getting used to the fact that now he's a big dude and for so much of his life, he wasn't a big dude. Yeah, I, I certainly think he's, he's used his size to his advantage. I mean, he, he's got great hands and great patience in front of the net too. I mean, he's been a, a big net front front presence for the Comets here. And I mean, he'll get uh, the puck in front and make this little spin move and, and try to jam it past a goalie that you're not really expecting. I may, maybe from a, a guy of his size. Uh, and I mean, he uses, you know, his size to his advantage in other ways too. So I think he's certainly grown into it. Um, and that's, I, I think that's great for him, um, because it's, it's something that is needed. I think from a guy like him, you, you have to use your size, uh, if you want to, you know, continue to get ahead. And I think he's done that. And, you know, that's, that's only going to serve him better if he continues to use it, if he could, you know, get to the next level. One of the other, you know, tricks obviously we do, especially in in sports journalism, we have to, you know, read the tea leaves a little bit because coaches are always careful about what they say because they don't want, you know, it's not just the player they're talking about, but it's the other players. They don't want them to, you know, maybe get the wrong impression of what they are, 
what they're thinking about the team or a player in, in particular. What what sense do you get from Trent Call in terms of what he sees in McEwen? Does he what else does he maybe see that he needs to work on, get better at, uh, that kind of thing to become you know the NHLer that he hopes he one day will be? Well, I think it's probably uh, maybe a little bit more consistent, um, you know, on a, on a nightly basis. I mean, everyone has, you know, maybe an off night or something, but I, I would say that's that seems to be something that uh, Zach would need to work on a little bit. But, I mean, the, the work that he's put in, um, you know, he, he had a tough start his rookie season with an injury, and then, you know, he, you know to see where he's come from, uh, you know, as a rookie to, to now and, February in his, his second year, I think is he's made some great strides, and that's I mean, you don't you don't see I think that a lot with players you know that are young like this, um, and especially maybe an undrafted guy like Zach um, was. Um, so I think you know he continues to put in the work, uh, like I said, and, and I, I think that uh, you know that that's one of those things where you know you you find a consistent game, and I think you find what works, and I, I think he's beginning to find uh, what works for him. One of the, the messages that, uh, you know, I think is pretty clear here in, in Vancouver from Travis Green is that, you know, guys reach the NHL, they get there on talent, they're clearly, you know, good enough to play at this level, but what they often don't realize is, is quite, first of all, first of all, I mean, the obvious one is how difficult it really is. But the second thing yeah. is actually how much more they actually have in themselves, like what their actual capacity for for that, you know, consistency. The word they use is consistency, but it's a question not just of, you know, scoring every night, but of what you're able to do in terms of the other stuff. I mean, Ben Hutton is such a good example of that. I think last year, obviously, the story with him was about fitness, and we heard a lot about it, and then he came back. And <clears throat> obviously, everybody always shows up in the best shape of their life or you know, if they're not, you're worried about them. But in Hutton's case, this really was a story that he's been able to do, simply do more this season because he's in better shape. And, you know, that's his story. Another player might be a question of ability to focus. We talk a bit, you know, a fair bit about Nikolai Goldobin. I really think that's kind of the story there that about how uh, how Goldobin is, you know, has all these talents, these abilities to, to, to carry forward. But you know, how much more can he do? Well, the coaches believe he can do a lot more than he's doing, and that ties into the whole sort of story of focus and some of the other things we've heard about him. I'm wondering if that's a story in the case of, I mean, you mentioned McEwen a little bit, but, you know, some of the other prospects that have been there, is that a, is that perhaps a story with Jonathan Dallin or is it a story with Jonah Gadjevitz? What's been going on with those guys? Because, you know, as we've seen, Dallin, you know, he's got 12 goals in 44 games, which is probably lighter than we expected. And we look at Jonah Gadjevich, who's just got one goal and has been barely playing. What do you think from those other players in terms of that aspect of stepping up to pro and realizing how much how much more you have to do all the time? Yeah, I think with Dolan, uh, he's another guy that the, the offensive skill is there. And I think he's, he's finding his way uh, in this league um, in terms of uh, time and space and everything. And I mean, he had a, a great goal the other night uh, with uh, Cole Lind and, and Brennan Donst that, you know, just had, had some good space and then had a nice release and, and scored. Um, you know, he, he's talked about uh, rounding out his game, too, because, you know, like we said, we know Travis Green likes, uh, you know, his players to be strong in all three zones. And, 
you know, Jonathan has talked about getting better, um, you know, defensively and away from the puck. And, and I, I think he's making strides with that. And I think the work continues with him, but with Cole Lind, he, he said that the adjustment's been um, bigger than he thought uh, too. And, and I think, his game's coming along too. Like most recently, I think he said probably some of his best games. There's there's been a more physical aspect to it, uh, and I think the offense is is coming a little bit more. Uh, with Jonah Gajevich, um, you know he's he, he's another guy that said the the jump was was much bigger uh, from junior to the AHL than he thought it would be, and I I think he's he's another one of those guys that is is trying to find his way and and put it all together um, to, to find a more consistent game. And uh, it's not uncommon, I guess, for, for rookies in the AHL to uh, go in and out of the lineup. And I think it's, you know, it, it's been one of those cases where uh, it, it's been maybe a little bit of a tougher season for Jonah. Um, but I, I think he's, you know, he's practicing and he seems to be working hard. Uh, and I, I think that can only help him going forward. You know, I know people have talked about, well, why not send him to the ECHL um, and get him some time there? I, I, I get the sense that the organization doesn't really want to do that. They they think that him spending time with the Comets and learning um, is better for him. And I, I have to I think I would agree with that. I mean, he seems to he seems to be getting better and making strides from where he was at the beginning of the season. And and I think that's you know it's a learning curve in the AHL. Um, it's you know, it's not, not easy. Um, it's a tough league and, you know, everyone talks about how, you know, it's the, the league that feeds into the NHL. So it's, you know, it's not without its growing pains and it takes time and, and some patience and not everyone goes at the same rate as the next guy. So, um, with Jonah, I think he's going to find his way eventually. It's just going to take some time. I have a you know a long rant about essentially the the NHL CHL agreement and how it, it I think really hinders players like Gadjevich because quite clearly I think he should have been in the AHL last year I think physically he would have been really you know hugely beneficial for him but of course the rules don't let them do that and as a result it is I think challenging to prepare players I think you know I, I do wonder if there's a different way to do this because it, it seems it seems silly to me the way that ends up happening that yeah he's sort of caught in between what makes most sense while he's at least with you know his AHL teammates and you can see how that goes but it's so few and far between games for him to actually apply that those lessons but you know that like I said that's a rant for another day perhaps but uh uh, what what have you seen from you know the defensemen that are there you mentioned Sautner off the top who obviously was hurt and uh and Chatfield who's been hurt and Obviously, got Breezeball has been called up, but uh, I'm not sure you know how much is he actually going to play up here. Uh, what have we seen from those guys? And and you know, everyone of course loves the Colton Saucerman story, if only for his beard. But uh, what what have we seen on the defense? And has there been any surprises from your perspective, or things that you find yourself sort of pausing about and thinking, well, that's something that you know might be worth addressing or looking at going forward. Well, they've they've kind of been up and down uh, defensively. They've had uh, a little bit of struggles here and there this season. And I know Trent Cole has talked about wanting them to be better, but he also said, you know, we can always be better at everything. Um, and I, I think they've kind of taken kind of some steps to address that. I mean, you bring in Luke Shen, you got a guy that's played 700 NHL games. Uh, that's that's a huge huge plus for the Comets. 
And then they made the trade uh, earlier this week for uh, Stefan LeBlanc uh, that kind of freed up a, a log jam at forward, sending uh, Tanner McMaster to to Toronto too. And I I think it sounds like the organization is, has been fairly high on uh, Stefan LeBlanc here since he turned pro or maybe even a little bit before that. So uh, he's been paired with Jamie Cyphers the last couple of days here in practice. And uh, I think that's good for him. To, and he said it too. It's it's good to, for him to learn from a, a more veteran guy. And when you have, you know, two veterans like Jamie Cyphers and, and Luke Schenbecker, that that's great. Um, you know, you, you look at a guy too, like Evan McEnany, who had that bad knee injury last year, had the, had the surgery and it has come back and, Maybe he had a little bit of a, a slower start as he got back into things, but uh, I certainly think he's taken advantage of uh, of his power play time since uh, Ole Levy went out. Um, and and it's I certainly think that Evan's been a, a, a solid defenseman, maybe not as fast as he was in the past, but I certainly think he, you know, could could step in up top if if the Canucks wanted to go that way. I know I read. Uh, your story and Jim Benning said he was more of a depth guy at this point, but I think if he continues to play, you know, the, the way he kind of has been, um, you know, you can't really count anything out because, you know, if you're, if you're playing well enough, then maybe other officials are like, well, maybe we should give this guy a look. And and I realize, you know, they want to see what they've got in Guillaume Brisebois and they want to see what they've got in, in Jalen Chatfield and, you know, we talked about Sodner too, and I, I certainly think Ashton is one of those guys that could certainly step in and help, uh, you know, if needed too. Um, so I, I think they've got, uh, you know, the players here now, and, I, you know, they're getting them all back, and that's only going to serve them well, especially down the stretch here. I mean, they've got a three-game weekend this weekend, and it's pretty tight in the North Division. So getting some of these guys back and healthy and uh, playing – is only going to help them, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting with the the defense question. I mean, I you know they they the the plan I think always clearly was is that they were going to bring you a levy up in the second half of the season, and, and you know then they carried on with that when they moved Michael Delzato, which obviously happened well after the uh, season-ending surgery for you, levy. But yeah, it, it's been sort of an interesting one to kind of ponder from that standpoint. And of course, there's the whole Alex Edler question here, which you know I think they're going to try to retain him and. Um, even if he does, even he obviously is out right now, having smashed his face on the ice in in um, in Philly the other night. But uh, you know, I think they're going to press on with Edler, even though he is you know entering his middle thirties, and uh, we'll see how things play out. McEnany is a guy that uh, you know I wrote about way back when, and I've always been kind of interested by him as, as almost sort of that modern defenseman. He he has had such a sort of devastating run of injuries that I can kind of see why. You know the Canucks might be a bit nervous about him, but the skill set I think is still there, and we can, we can see the, the points we're putting up as as you said. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, you know, you mentioned the schedule, and maybe that's uh, you know before I, maybe one of the last things I want to just chat about. What what are we going to see here? What do you think? You know, it is you know lots of games still to play. I think what twenty four games still to go in, in on the on the schedule. So you know, there's 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 lots to come. Obviously, NHL trade deadlines in a couple weeks. What do you what are you going to see here from the comments? You think in the next few weeks as we you know get close to the trade deadline and then get close to the playoffs? Well, I, I think they're going to 
continue to, to try and make a push here to stay in a playoff spot. It's going to be, uh, I think they're going to hover around the, the third or fourth spot because I think Rochester and, and Syracuse are, are kind of battling it out for the uh, first two spots. But, you know, it's uh, it, it always seems like it changes daily. So uh, I think if they can continue to find maybe a little bit more consistent game uh that's going to be a plus for them going going forward um it'll be interesting to see you know what happens with uh the the trade deadline if if there's you know someone else possibly involved and that's been playing with the comets or um you know i know they've talked about wanting to see chatfield and sautner too at at some point uh down the stretch um and you know zach McEwen might get a look too so it's like you've got all these moving parts uh, that, you know, could maybe mess with the, the dynamic of everything. And then, you know, talking about that defense too, they're, they're missing two other guys uh, that are both on AHL deals and Dylan Bluegis and Jesse Graham, who both have injuries and Bluegis is out uh, what it sounds like through the month of February with a hand injury after he kind of blocked a shot the other night, uh, didn't look good right away, but he was one of those guys that was was strong on special teams and a, and a big defender for those guys too. So uh, it's a lot of moving parts, and uh, you know it's it's always interesting to see how it'll play out. I, I certainly think they've they've navigated through everything so far, and I think they'll continue to do that. And I think they'll continue to be in the hunt, um, you know, as, as the regular season wears on here. Uh, maybe just last thing we. We teased on it off the top, and obviously it's been a bit of a story here. We know today, I think news just came out, Thatcher Demko is going to be out for another 10 days or so with a sprained knee in Vancouver, which means that I guess the backup goalie is going to continue to be Michael DiPietro because they don't have any other goalies on NHL deals. Um, well, how are things looking goaltending-wise? Obviously, you mentioned Ivan Kublakov, who was meant to be the ECHL guy starting the season and now finds him the number one guy in the AHL, backed up by you know, longtime veteran Michael Layton, who hadn't played a whole ton this year and, and you know, has, you know, I mean, I, we were talking about this the other day, you know, made 40 saves uh, in his most recent start. You know, where are things really at there? Do you have any sense if they're looking to add anybody else? I kind of think the Canucks are waiting to see if Mike McKenna goes back on waivers in Philly because Philly is going to have to make a goaltending decision soon because they've also got Brian Elliott coming back. Um, so I think they maybe are waiting for that. We'll see how that plays out. What's your sense there? Is it just kind of uh, holding on and hoping nothing goes wrong at this point? Yeah, I think that's a little bit of it too, and I agree with you in that. I think eventually Philly's got to make a move, and I, 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 you know, they were interested in McKenna at one point, right, in, in that trade, and to send him down and have him as a as a third option in case you know something like what they're in now happened. Um, you know, you know, I I think that they definitely need a third goaltender and you know it's uh i think they're happy with how ivan kubelkov is playing right now he certainly uh sees his role um and i i think he's gotten better as the season's progressed uh, i think he's he's a young guy so he's still got you know a little bit of work to do but ivan is a you know you you look at patrick demko who is very much a student of the game and very like all of his movements were, uh, you know, very, you know, in sync. And Kubelkov is more of a, a athletic, I guess, goalie who moves around a lot and gets involved. And 
he'll go and play the puck and he'll like maybe get in the way of a guy. And, uh, he's very energetic. Um, and he's, he's definitely fun to watch too, but, um, you know, I, I he's, he's stepped into the number one role and I, I think, uh, for the most part seized it and it, it helps to have a guy like, uh, Michael Layton, who's that veteran presence, I think to have him there. And I know Richard Bachman is still around, uh, even though he's out for the season with the Achilles injury. Um, you know, and it, I, I have to imagine, you know, Richard's there is, is a bit of a sounding board too, maybe. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what the organization does in terms of trying to find a, a third goalie. And, you know, they've, they've talked about not, you know, maybe getting rid of uh, some draft picks. And, you know, I don't know what the, uh, what the answer is, um, but they definitely need uh, another guy. I don't know if they really want to, keep uh, Michael DiPietro around uh, for, t- for too long being that, you know, he's, he's still young and, and learning. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what plays out. Yeah. It, just quickly here. I just went and quickly looked to Brian Elliott. Basically, I guess they actually talked about this in Philly today. So Brian Elliott is possibly back with the flyers by the end of next week. He may do a short conditioning stint with the phantoms. Of course, Mike McKenna is currently with the phantoms on a conditioning stint, but at some point they're going to have to make some sort of decision they're likely going to roll with three goalies in Philly, but they've already got Aaron Stollars and, and uh, of course, Carter Hart playing so well there. So once once Elliott's healthy again, they're going to have to make, do something with McKenna. So, I, I you know, you, you, you do wonder if, if the Canucks are going to sit there and just hope he gets put on waivers and try to try to grab him back and then uh, and then see where things go. To, to clarify, people that don't know, um, if, if uh, they're the only team that put a claim in on McKenna, then they can send him right to Utica because they put him on waivers the first time. But if, as happens, as happened uh, the last time around when they tried to waive him and send him to Utica, there were actually two claims. The Flyers put in a late claim because of uh, an injury uh, that I think was the previous night to, I'm trying to blank now, Stallers, I guess. Um, but it turns out actually the Toronto Maple Leafs may have put a claim in as well. So there is always a chance that if another team puts a claim in, the Canucks are going to have to either make a decision uh, hope hope that it's a team that's below them in the priority, but then they're going to have to try to put them through waivers again. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, it's obviously not ideal for the player. Uh, the organization will make the decision as they best see fit. Anyway, Ben, thanks for joining us this week. And uh, we'll be obviously catching up, folks. He's, he's Burnell underscore OD. Is that correct? OD underscore Burnell. Yep, B-I-R-N-E-L-L. Yeah, yep. on Twitter. And, of course, I'm at Rising Action. And uh, folks, as ever, like I said, download, listen to our podcast, rate and review us, let us know how we're doing, and uh, we'll see you again next week. Bye.